Have you ever wondered what it's like to hang out with three siblings in a bar? Three siblings that like to tell true crime and paranormal stories and are also hilarious? I'm Jashay, the oldest sibling. I'm Sage, the middle sibling. And I'm Storm, the youngest sibling. So come hang out with us every Monday for a new episode of Three Siblings Walk Into a Bar, available on wherever you listen to your podcast. trash pandas welcome back to another episode of hot garbage true crime edition i'm your host nisha and this is my beautiful best friend nicole Buddha badass i have so much stuff to tell you i have something funny to tell you Uh oh, so, so remember when i was telling you my daughter was gonna have her first driving lesson today right yes and so she did actually a very good job like she did okay. an amazing job okay but the only thing like so i was telling her like because yesterday i had an experience and i was like don't do what i did you know what i did yesterday buddha and i talked to you yesterday but i purposely didn't tell you about this just because i wanted to talk about it on the podcast oh you talk to me all the time but you hold stories back for the podcast yeah i do this one held back so yesterday i was sitting over here i was eating ice cream and i had i was scooping out sprinkles into my ice cream right while and, you're driving yeah while i was driving i was trying to put my sprinkles awesome. in my ice cream off an example of a person yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I was telling my daughter, don't do what I did because you know what I accidentally did. I almost and I never do this, but I actually ran a st- I almost ran a stop sign while a pedestrian was walking. Right. Oh. So I knew I was wrong and I was about to apologize, but then he got all snippy and mad and cussed me out. And I was like, well, then fuck you too. Like, I know I was wrong. And on top of that, I'm like, you act like I'm in a big ass pickup truck. Dude, if anybody knows me, I drive a Toyota Prius. You weren't going to die anyway. By getting hit by a Prius. Uh, I mean, but you had your legs so the fuck broken. <laughs> I'm like, but who the fuck really gets that injured over getting hit by a fucking Prius? Like it's nobody. A car. It's still like a, a like a two to a one ton vehicle. You talking <laughs> about like who gets injured by getting hit by a hippo? That, Everything. That's like saying you could get you could die by getting hit by a Mini Cooper. Like that's so ridiculous. Girl, do you know what's the average death rate? The de- the speed where people die in, in fatal car accidents? Um, I'm gonna guess like. 40 miles 40 to 35 miles an hour think about that wait a minute that's the average speed that's the average speed where people die in a car accident no oh you know what i you know and that, that just sounds like a low amount because i'm thinking like 65 miles 80 because no. on the freeway you see those horrible crashes yeah but they, but, but usually those are side slide and yeah. classes where you kind of veer off and veer into something and people are immediately hitting their brakes yeah when people are going 35 and 40 they don't think they going fast enough quote mm-hmm. unquote mm-hmm. to need to be hitting their brakes like that mm. so the collisions become an on with no with no stopping with less stop breaks but basically with less with less of stopping of the impact mm. well you get more of the full impact oh that makes sense i didn't even think about that mm. so that's crazy i mean i was gonna apologize that still is but... tons of a vehicle moving and metal moving and hitting you at that speed do you know anybody that's ever got killed by a prius though I'm, I mean, girl, I don't know how many people got... I've never met nobody that got actually hit by a Prius. So All I can't right. Because I'm like, what the fuck? I can say that I've known people that got hit by a car and somebody got hit by a rear view mirror and broke their whole arm and leg. Damn. That was just a rear view mirror. A rear view... Because uh, I'm like, I don't know, like, dude, he didn't have to get all snippy like that. Who the arm and wrist? 
I, well, I will say. Would you have been mad? Like, if I almost hit you with my Prius, but I was about to go apologize? Like, what would your reaction have been? I feel like some people do do too much when they almost get hit. Yeah. Like, yes, almost get hit. Whoa, you'd be like, man, watch the fuck out. And you know what I'm saying? And like, that has something to be like that. But I, I don't understand the people that start, like, going hella hard and just wanting to smack your car and throw sodas and cuss right. and Right. What is that for? So now I'm like, Motherfucker, now I want to hit you with this car. Right. Oh, my gosh. Because if I would have just hit him, then we wouldn't even be sitting here talking right now because I think I would have been in jail. Right? right. Like, now I feel like you're doing this because you think I won't hit you with the car. Yeah. Now you're being <laughs> Billy Badass. Because right. you're like, oh, he's a punk. He ain't a, he ain't a, per, he ain't a car, person hitter. Like, damn, now I wish I would have hit you. So you seem like you should have moved your ass out of the damn way. There's a big-ass vehicle anyway. Right. I was young. I was, we was raised in a different generation. That we, I, I was there when the law changed. Because before, the cars had a right of way. No, you used to I look both that. ways. In my, when I was raised, anyway, because I, I, I was like, I never really, I was like, pedestrians had a right of way? What? Yeah, I thought but they always had a right of way. when I was a kid, I was taught the cars had the right of way. What? Has that I always, that's I don't know if it used to be in the law. What I'm saying is I, I yeah. see people change in their attitude. I don't know yeah. about being a law. But what I'm saying is, when, I've known people that, that we tell you, especially because you're talking about back in the days. well, I wouldn't say that far, but when you're talking about, Escalades came in good. SUVs just became the shit. Like, bro, you don't have to step out in the street and anticipate somebody else stopping for you. Right. You watch for them. That's true. I don't care if the law is the car. You, the, you know, the, the pedestrian has the right of way. That's you relying on somebody else right. to sit here and be wise about that shit. Because there's people now that just be looking down at their phone and just step out. Yeah. They don't even look left and right. They just think you just supposed to know. Yeah. And I see, like most people, they don't look for pedestrians. They look for other cars. Once there's no cars coming, it's over. They go. Right? You know what I mean? So, I mean, and you don't know what the scenario is. Maybe they was changing the radio station as they was turning at that exact same moment. You don't know what yeah. it is that's just something that split second for them to have be looking over looking out maybe they looking at the map oh yeah trying to get they trying to get is this the right turn okay no then especially if they rush and be like oh no this is the turn right and now you just b- rushing over into this turn okay i don't feel like i'm tripping no more i wasn't wrong so no, you wasn't a horrible driver oh, in thank a, well, God. In a, well in a in your response but you are horrible for sitting here scooping ice cream and doing and all that well, other i was shit. trying to put my sprinkles in my ice cream <laughs> now doing that while driving no i can't sit here and say that that oh, was okay i was trying to hurry up and eat my ice cream because you know like it's a cone so i don't want it to melt and then the ice cream starts getting all down my hand and you know how it goes down to your elbow i was trying to prevent that from happening so i was trying to hurry up and eat it but... okay so you probably it sounds like you needed to pull over with your ice cream <laughs> it sounds like you and that ice cream got real <laughs> tell them next time to sprinkle it before you get in the car yeah maybe i'll do that because i have my sprinkles on the side and i'm just like scooping it now nah, no time that like... you see you're doing too much how many <laughs> hands do you got you already got one that you said in a cone and now right. you're putting the other ones on some sprinkles you're losing both hands honestly now. well because my i was using my elbows for the steering wheel while i was doing this i don't so think I you should say should... this on, uh, on yeah, air let on me radio. See, you know what? okay now i need to just because i'm <laughs> myself don't do what i did everyone don't was a ever lesson. yeah don't ever yeah. do that and i think i'll be the bigger person and if the pedestrian is listening i'll apologize right and you should yeah you should apologize yeah. i didn't say that that wasn't i said that they was too much on your your reaction like you're a bad apology acceptor yeah thank you buddha you always have my back i always do girl <laughs> 
Well, today's case is a doozy and it's actually a listener request. So I want to give a shout out to Vanessa. Vanessa, remember she sent us an email a while back and she's Mm -hmm. a very nice lady. She loves us. We love her. And she actually always reaches out like on Instagram. Like she always comments on posts and she just loves our show so much. Right. Yeah. And we love to support. I'm going to sit here and get on it too. Yeah. She's so wonderful. And uh, you know, this case actually had been on the list before, but I moved it up because she wanted to hear it. And we're going to be talking about the case of Tamla Horsford today. What, are you going to move it so it's somewhere around Vanessa's birthday or something? No, we're doing it today. It was like way in the back of my list because I was going to talk about this case Oh, anyway. but you brought it closer yeah. to the front of the list. Yeah, that's oh, okay. why we're doing it right now. I mean, because we do have a pretty heavy list. We do have a heavy list, but I'm trying to get all the listener requests out first. Oh, okay. And so this one, you know, this is, we're talking about the slumber party lady. So, you know, a little bit about this one, right, Buddha? Uh, I want to say I know about the slumber party guy where he went with a bunch of Ku Klux Klan members of the slumber party and never made it back. Uh, is this I didn't hear about where... that one. This was a lady that went with, she was, um, you know, she went to a sleepover, only black lady there and ended up dying. Yeah. Yeah. I heard about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about this one. And this mm-hmm. one, you know. This one is actually crazy because I'm like, you know, I just want everybody to kind of like, you know, protect yourselves. Like, of course, sometimes you're going to go somewhere and you're going to be the only one, no matter what race you are, sexual orientation, sex you are. But I'm always very cautious. Like, if I don't really know people like that, like if I only know you from work or if I only know you and I haven't seen you outside, I don't know necessarily if I'm going to necessarily go to like your house or go to any events that you have. If I'm the only one like there and I don't have anybody that I specifically know, too, if that makes yeah, sense. I don't go into the, any isolated areas that I feel I don't know of, of people. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> even if I'm going to go on a date or I go to even meet a friend, we're going to mm-hmm. have we meet up online, we're playing video games, whatever. Even though I'm just like, hey, let's meet up and, and buy something off of, off of offer up. Yeah. Yeah. If I feel like the neighborhood that you're bringing me to and I usually Google it, is I feel like even too rowdy. And I treat the same, the rednecks the same way. If I feel like this neighborhood seems like it's too much. Yeah. And I don't really know how rowdy these people get and how these people act over there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I need you to meet me over here. Oh, yeah. Because I'm not going over into this area ISO. Right. That makes sense. You know, so it's, if you're telling me that I'm going to go spend some place tonight, I don't... If I'm going someplace that I'm going to spend some time at, especially in the middle of nowhere, I usually bring a gun. Not even going to lie to you. Yeah. I know it doesn't seem like I'm the one, but I, I own every camping trip I go every year. I got a gun. Yeah. Just because <laughs> so, I don't yeah. know what's about to happen out here. I seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. The second thing is is that I I need to know someone mm-hmm. before I go out into an ISO area. Mm-hmm. I'm not going out there by myself with mm-hmm. no group of anybody. Yeah, absolutely. And and well, that brings me to a story, and I'll get to the, the case in a minute. But this case reminds me a lot of a story that I have. So my son, he was like five years old, right? And I, had, I remember I had this super big fifth birthday party for him. It was like super big. It was at my house. I like had everyone there. And I had a teacher's aide that we had gotten kind of close, you know, when I would drop Artica off and, you know, I invited her to the party and everything. So she was early. She was like one of the first people there before everybody started getting there. And, you know, I went off, I'm mingling, you know, and I remember last time I saw her, she was talking to my daughter's godmother at that time. And then when I looked up and like, she wasn't there anymore. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, where, like, is she at? And everybody was like, yeah, where's that one lady that was here? You know? So I ended up calling her and she was like, I'm so sorry. Like she said, I left his present, you know, on the table with other presents. She said, I just started 
started getting really uncomfortable because she said at this time I'm the only white lady here and she said it was just too many black people that was just coming in and I'm gonna be honest and I was like needless to say that changed our relationship because I'm thinking to myself she that's just racist like you know it did hurt my feelings and I was like how could she like even do that you know like you know I felt like she like I just felt ill feelings towards her so needless to say after that it changed the dynamic of our relationship I would drop my son off with the teacher I would leave there was a high and by but it wasn't no more like you know talking socializing relationship right mm-hmm. so now that I'm researching all these cases it's like 14 years later he's like 19 now and I'm like wait was she right because I know my family and friends wasn't going to do anything to her however she didn't know that she didn't know me outside of the school that that was the only time she had ever seen me outside of school we were always talking to school and she expressed that she felt uncomfortable so I'm like, I thought it was racist, but now researching cases like this and stuff like that, I was like, well, was she right to take herself out of an environment that she didn't feel comfortable in? No, she was not. Okay. And, it, it, and, it, and I feel like black people do take it too far mm-hmm. in not understanding the other perspective mm-hmm. of when people who are not of uh, the minority, and you will say that, you know, the whites, white people, mm-hmm. especially because you feel like they're privileged, they feel like they have a, a better lifestyle than you will have and a a better understanding of what's going on that they almost should feel no fear mm-hmm. <laughs> about mm-hmm. circumstances. But it's the same scenario that we do. I was talking from my grandmother because she was in the South. Like, you don't go off with a bunch of, a group, a group of white people. Mm-hmm. She was like, white people got snake eyes. You know, she would oh. say that those are blue snake devil eyes and they'll lie to you oh, for no. years and months just to plot on you. Yeah. She taught me stuff like that. Like, White, the white man is the only person that pretend you be your friends for years, but always in the back of his head waiting to kill you. Oh. She used to tell me stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And stories like this is yeah. what's the verification for that for me. Yeah. You know, so I can understand how, okay, I, and I have been in some scenarios where we're just barbecuing. I, I don't know why I do attract a good amount of, of Caucasian friends. And I have been over a, friend, a good amount of my friends' houses mm-hmm. where we're barbecuing and it's white people. And I'm like the token black guy. Oh. And I have felt uncomfortable. I'm like, uh, I just make up a reason why I need to just go home, man. You oh. guys are starting to drink. You already got guns. I'm not about to be here. Oh, you know? okay. So, so she was kind of right then. So it is something that yeah. is something that she was raised in of something that she needs to look out for in protection. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I I kind of as a person who is of the, the race, yeah, is um, is a little offended. You know, but yeah. It's, it's in the same token, though. Um, I can understand it a lot. Yeah, only because if if I had a friend. And even though he was black, but I knew he was a crip or mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. in a gang. And I came over his house and I see a couple of people wearing blue rags. I'm going to feel uncomfortable. Right. You see what I'm saying? Well, I'm like, uh, I don't know if I should be here. If something pops off. You know what I'm saying? Right. They start, and especially if they start drinking. Yeah. You know, and maybe somebody has a little argument with somebody over there. And be like, you know, whatever to you and whatever, you know. Yeah. And so you could feel like negative energy, even if it's not towards you, already in there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. all it did would take is somebody to say something that you kind of feel uncomfortable with or you can even misinterpret it. Yeah. And somebody be like, I like those shoes, player. And you'd be like, oh, shit. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like they could really just been liking your shoes, but you like this dude thinks about robbing me, and I'm in here with the crib. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, so. right. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're right. And so me take like I was very offended by that, but now like looking back on this, she may have been right. You know, she removed herself from a situation. Right. You know? Instead of doing something that was going to be in, later inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. life is not like a movie where you say something hella awkward and everybody just sit there silently. Right. And somebody's off laughing in the third world in the third yeah. wall. In real life, you know, that stuff could escalate really quick with yeah. something simple you may have said. 
Right. And you know, the crazy thing is like, I have a lot of like different like people that actually, you know, ended up coming to the party. They just came late. So she would have held on a little bit longer. She wouldn't have been the only one there, but it was just like all my family got there first, you know? But Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I'm like glad to be able to have a more open mind now that I'm researching these kinds of cases. And I understand why people like may feel the way that they do in certain situations, because we'll see like in this case, like if Miss Tamala may have not went to the sleepover or maybe she would have removed herself or anything this may have played out differently because this is absolutely a horrible case about what happened. Yeah, no, something that my mother has told me, you know, learn to be appropriate with how you say things, Mm -hmm. but never, ever Mm -hmm. be afraid. Even if you feel like you're going to be the person that kind of stands out, don't be afraid to say, I need to go. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to step out. Yeah. Even though, you know, it may even lose some friendships and it'll lose the way that they look at you. Fine. But sometimes... Even if it's like, hey, my friends want to rob a bank and you think you want to be a ride or die. Yeah. Be a person that I'm not going to snitch on you, but I'm stepping out. I'm stepping, yeah. I'm I'm not, I can't participate. That's my limit. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So be able to speak up and have a voice for yourself of that. Yeah. Yeah. And just to clarify, we mean like everybody. So it's not specific to race. It's sexual orientation. It's sex. It's anybody. Like if you're the only one there, you may or may not feel uncomfortable, but we're not talking to a specific group of people. But I know this has happened a lot. You yeah. Know? For, for a number for of things. Everybody, well, even, right. be, even if it be, you know, a group of people where you believe you're vegan. Yeah. And are you trying to become vegan and everybody invites you to go over and eat some pizza mm-hmm. and you'd be like, hey, can't do it. You know what I mean? It's okay. Yeah, you're the only one there. It's okay to be the rock and be bringing your own food to the restaurant. Yeah. It's okay to be like, hey, I can't participate. I will try and be as a friend. Now, if y'all gonna force me to try and eat pizza, I can't be it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's okay to do that. And as a person... My mom told me to take criticism like you're a Sam. Yeah. Take it, take yourself outside of yourself mm-hmm. and look at it like you're a Sam, like the character players, mm-hmm. you know, and, and digest what they're saying and then the reason why they're saying it to you, the yeah. person, the character that you are. Not to you directly, mm-hmm. but to the person that you are that's presented before you. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you look at things a lot differently. Yeah. When you're like, she's like, okay, I'm very uncomfortable. I've just never been in this environment. Stop looking at yourself as black woman mm-hmm. and just think of yourself as friend, girl, or person who just met this person, yeah. a person to person, mm-hmm. without even an identity, who just met this person. As you even described it at school, and you even described it to y'all very later relationship. Yeah. She didn't really know you. Yeah, just at school. You see what I mean? So once you look back at it as, yeah. as yourself outside of who you are, right. you're like, hmm, I can see how she was uncomfortable. Yes. And thank you so much for you know opening this up. So teacher's aid, you know. If you're listening, you know, I feel like I'm the bigger person and I know where you're coming from now because it's 14 years later and you had a right to remove yourself from that situation. Right. If she felt uncomfortable, then by all means, mm-hmm. definitely remove yourself. You're going to miss out on a banging party. Yeah. That's on you. Yeah. Right. There was, a, I had a clown that year. Everything. Girl, I don't know if I had a clown. Nobody want to see no clown. <laughs> they kill people. Uh, you know what? You had to take it. That's in. why she left. <laughs> I left it. You brought clowns out. I don't care if I've known you for years. And truly, I try to ask you about yourself, and you told me that you ain't want to tell me. You was like, nah, that's invasive. <laughs> so I don't even really know you. Anyway, so I don't know if I'd come over to your house with all your family and friends. I don't know them neither. You know what? I, I'm gonna I just sound like color purple. Who are these people? <laughs> 
I'm going to get into the case now. <laughs> so the, that's the reason that we went to, it seems like we did a whole circle to come back to Miss Tamla Horsford. So before we get in the case, I'm going to talk about this town, Forsyth, Georgia, just so you can get, you know, a little bit of a, a vision of Forsyth, Georgia. And I looked it up. It's only, this is what's crazy. It's only like two and a half hours from Atlanta, which I lived in Atlanta. So, you know, Atlanta. Girl. So it's like, huh? You know cities that are two and a half hours from your city. Well, I hate when people say only two and a half. How often are you driving two and a half hours to the next city? I go to San Francisco all the time. When? You went there and stayed out there till four in the morning and your girl had to call you back because she didn't know where you were. <laughs> like, that's the what? last time I heard you go. You had to go out there like a camping trip. You wound oh up there with extra clothes and a, and a bus pass just in case you had to get back and your car <laughs> went down. So uh, don't take, make it seem like you're out there all the time. Yes, you can travel that two hours. Yeah. And yes, it does happen. But I hate that. I just, I'm just saying. It's just two hours. That's like, you know, talking well, about how Nelly close to somebody. You in St. Louis. Oh, he's two hours away. So you must know Nelly. No, I don't. Ah. <laughs> like, I don't know Tom Cruise because I'm in California. But it's just eight hours. Well, That's what my family in the Midwest, in Midwest and South be saying. Like, well, I heard L.A. only like six hours away. Don't you be there all the time? No. Ah. Well, what are you talking about? So, well, this town, Forsyth, Georgia, the history of this town was that in 1912, white residents forced 1,100 black residents out of the town. Now, there was only 1,100 black residents that even lived there. Now, they these black residents were told that if they tried to stay, their homes would be burnt completely down. So the town was only white until like about the mid 1980s. And basically what happened was in 1980, the 1980s. The 1980s. Yeah. And so in 1987, a black demonstrator did a peaceful mar- uh, march. And of course, rocks was thrown at them and that didn't stop them. They came back and they had, you know, more people that came out, black uh, demonstrators. They came out and they marched with 20,000 people just in order to get black people right and to be able to come into this town. Now, the reason that all of yeah, now the reason that this happened and the black residents was asked to leave in the first place was because what happened was a white woman was raped by a black man back in 1912. And because of this, they was like, black people can't be here no more. Some Rosewood stuff. Ain't nobody did it. Yeah. (laughs) They was like, so, so what they did was they actually publicly hanged three black teenagers in a public execution after they had a short trial. So we don't even know if they were the ones who did it or not. They just gave them a trial and executed them, three black teenagers, and then made all the rest of the black people leave. So that's what caused black people to be ran out of the town. And they didn't actually start coming back into the town until 1987. So this, so yeah. Seinfeld was on. Right. 1980, and even then, it wasn't a whole bunch of black people. Like, just to give you an example, in 2020, the census says there's only 4% black people still even in that town. And that's as of 2020. I mean, they had to fight for it. I yeah. mean, they, you had to be Jackie Robinson to try and move into that town and mm-hmm. then turn into Wanda Sykes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you black, but you ain't one of the blacks. Mm-hmm. Like, they identify you as one of them, too. Right. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to give you like a history of the town because this is the town we're going to be talking about, and this is where this incident is going to take place. Oh, girl, I, my that was that's not a warning time. <laughs> I don't know if I'd have trusted. See, there it is. There it is. Yeah, I don't know if I'd have trusted y'all in the first or the second, even though I'm one of those four percent that you and you claim you accept me. 
It's all bad, right? right? You guys are generationally raised with this hate. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing, because a lot of people that have been there, they've been there for years. Like, their parents were there. Their grandparents was there. So, it's not, right? It's people that's been there, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about Tamla Horsford. Now, Tamla was originally born in the Caribbean and she was married to a man named Leander Horsford. And they started off living in Florida. Together, they had six kids. She had an older daughter that was from a previous marriage. And then together, her and her new husband had five boys from, you know, them. So the age ranges of her kids was four to 14. And then the oldest girl, I think she was like 18, 19, because they're going to move and she doesn't go with them. She goes to college. So what happened is Leander, and we call him Lee, he ended up getting a new job. So that's why they end up having to move to Forsyth, Georgia. So all of Tamla, him, and the five boys all moved. The daughter, like I said, she was older. So she stayed back. She went to school. So now they're in Forsyth, Georgia. And, you know, Forsyth was a really good football county as well. So all of her, most of her sons played football, especially the older ones. That's what, that's the 4% do. Yeah. (laughs) That's it, right? You're playing sports or you're a janitor. I didn't even, damn, there is no in between. (laughs) I mean, that's it. And after you play sports, you go and be the janitor. Damn. So Lee probably was a janitor. Is that what it was? That's exactly what it was. Fuck. He was a maintenance man. Why should that be his title? Oh my God. Because I never seen like what his title was, but now you're going to be thinking it probably was. Maintenance man mechanic, and he used to play sports for their high school team. That's fucked up. So basically, Tamla was a football mom and, you know, she would, uh, you know, she would basically, this is how she got to know these women because they were football moms too. All their sons played for the high school football team. And, you know, Tamla, she was, she was a lot like me. Like she would always volunteer at the school. I'm like, I don't volunteer for the school now, but when my daughter was in kindergarten, I was always up there with snacks and stapling papers. I don't do that now. She told me to stay away from the school. So girl, I've heard your horror story. Your daughter does not want you to actually be known as her mother. Oh no. She's not embarrassed of me. Like everybody like knows me and loves me. Everybody knows you. Yes. That's the point. That's the point of what I'm saying. (laughs) Whatever. Everybody knows her mama (laughs) you know she told me to uh, just a little side story she told me to stop waving to people when i drop her off i told you she don't want people to know that you did (laughs) it's ridiculous you told me about how she she uh asked you to sit here and drop her off at gymnasium for one of her practices and turned around and told you to leave like you can leave now oh my gosh because she says that she right, as from your own stories you told me you've embarrassed your daughter multiple well, times. Well, I don't be trying time. to. It's just it's not my fault that I'm popular. Everyone knows me. I don't know if it's because you're popular. I think you're boisterous and excited. <laughs> and so you jump in there and you tell yourself you're popular. Mm. Anyways, back to Tamla. She <laughs> she had a lot of my personality, I will say. Because people said that she was very kind and she was the life of the party, just like me. Very outgoing, just like me. So I was like reading this. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm reading about myself. That's crazy. Yes, I can't see whatever's going to happen to her happening to you. What? No, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> they said she was always smiling, just like me. That's crazy. This lady is like me. Like, I wonder, is it me reincarnated or something? It's, it's the beautiful people that give people chances that actually just burn. Yeah. And that, and everyone says she could be friends with anyone. Like, it didn't even matter. Like, she'd be friends with everybody. So, this incident is actually going to take place November 3rd, 2018. Now, there was a 45th birthday party for a lady named Jean Myers. And this was being thrown by a lady named Stacy. So, this was a slumber party that was thrown. And it was for, you know, all the football moms, which... 
for me, I don't know, an adult sleepover, I don't do those. Like, I'll go to the party, but when it's time to go, I'm going. I just don't want to sleep at anybody's house. I don't know. How do you feel about adult sleepovers? I mean, is it co-ed? No, it's supposed to all women. Okay, then I don't know. Well, for you, it'll be all men. Yeah, that's you what I'm like, like, I don't like, know yeah, if I'm I just, sleeping I, over there with a bunch of boys. I can't, right. But if we're going camping or something like that, I could yeah. do that. But if I'm like, hey, come over to my house, we're sleeping over, like, you better have some Xbox video games. You better be slamming over there to have me expected to be just spending the night at your house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. So it is important to note, you know, in this for this case story, all these... And I'd have to be at your house often. Yeah. I have to know your right. house. Right. Be thing. there regularly. I feel uncomfortable because like in somebody else's house, I don't feel like I can move the way I want to. Can I just go in the refrigerator if I want a snack? Can I go downstairs? Like what is the set? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I don't I know. Just... I don't know your setup for your house. Yeah. And I am one of those people. The first time I spend a night at anybody's house, even if I move into a new house, that first night I don't sleep. I stay up for like 48 hours straight. Yeah. Because you got you to gotta see what's yeah, going on. I don't, yeah, I don't know this place. I don't know you. Yeah. So it's important to note that this slumber party was going to be all white football moms. So Tamla was going to be the only black woman there. And she was the only, you know, black woman that was invited, you know. So basically the reason how she knew Jean was because their sons played football, you know, together. So she really only knew Jean, the lady whose party it was for. She didn't know any of the other women at the party. Mm-mm. So now it is important to note as well that men were not supposed to be present at this party because it was an all-girls sleepover. However, John's boyfriend, Jose Barrera, was there and Stacy's husband, Thomas, was there. And the reason they were there is because they said they didn't really feel like leaving. So they said that they wouldn't, you know, be with the women. They would just stay downstairs and watch football and stuff like that. So they was just downstairs in the basement. There was a whole theater room downstairs. So they was like, they'll just chill downstairs. And But they did at one point come upstairs to eat when the food was ready. So Jose was a pretrial court officer at Forsyth County. And also John's aunt Madeline Lombardi lived there as well. And she lived in the basement apartment of the home. So this is just the setup of the people that lived there. Mm. Now this party started at around 6 p.m. Tamla showed up at about 8 p.m. because she had to get her kids situated. And, you know, she was a wonderful mom. Like, she made sure that she made dinner and breakfast for her husband and kids so that they could just go microwave something. Isn't that just so sweet? That is super. Yeah. That's a queen right there. Yeah, she was a queen. And she also bought a fancy bottle of tequila for Jean for her birthday present. And she was super happy to be at the party because, again, she's like a mother at five. So, you know, this was like her girl's time, you know. So she was calling and checking in with her husband, you know, uh, to up to a certain point. She was making phone calls. She was like, I'm having a good time. She even FaceTimed her daughter that wasn't with them, but, you know, her older daughter. And she was like, this party is great because how they had everything set up. So she was having a good time. Right. Mm -hmm. So now everybody and this was one thing that happened is everyone at the party was saying that Tamla kept going out to the patio to go smoke weed. Now, everybody at the party was like she was the only one that smoked weed and they just kept calling her the female Bob Marley. And so when everything happens, this is going to come back because they're going to be like, well, we kept telling her like she was smoking cigarettes and weed and none of us do that at all, you know? Okay. So also one person said that they only tried weed once in their life, but they just never did it again. A lot of people also said that Tamala drank a lot, but it came out that she was, she drank a lot, but she wasn't so drunk that she was staggering, belligerent, anything like that. She really held her own. And I, mean, was, I feel like she's getting kind of overly judged. You know yeah. how you be under the microscope as being the only color. Yeah. Man. 
Yeah. They, they judge everything, every sip you take out of your mouth, how many uh-huh. bites you take of your food. Yeah. That's something that becomes hard to kind of overcome. They're going to find something that they're going to overanalyze. They're uh-huh. like, she chewed her food 12 times versus everybody else. There's something right. weird with her mouth. They start overly analyzing yeah. everything you're doing. Well, and that's the weird thing, because my, for my thing of the matter, I'm just like, if she was not the only one at that party that smoked no weed. Like, they need to just cut it out. I mean, like, she may have been... Uh, maybe somebody else came out there to try and be an adventurous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know with people that, especially if it sounds like the type of lady that she was, is, she probably was even using a vape pen. Oh, yeah. That's why it wasn't, because you don't just keep going outside and smoking weed. Yeah. That's the other thing, as being a person that smokes marijuana, mm-hmm. you, you have a, a basically a blunt session, and it's like a, a couple of hours later, then yeah. you smoke one again. But if you have something like a vape pen, yeah. then you'll go out and just hit it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So that's what it sounded like more tangible, what she had mm-hmm. of something you go out and just hit a couple of times as things are dying down and doing stuff. And it sounds like you guys are clocking her drinks. Yeah. Like you guys are over here like, how many do you think she's had? I've had only two. She's over here putting them back. Right, just you know, micromanaging. Like, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, how many people do you talk, when you're at a party, yeah. do you watch how many drinks they're taking? Right. I don't even pay attention. Right, I never know how much my friends have at a party. Like, right. At all. I just see, like, their reaction. Until, but, like, until but, it yeah. goes too far where you be like, oh, wow. How many, yeah. Mike, when it goes too far, you be like, how many did Mike have? You yeah. know what I mean? But other than that, you're not clocking somebody's drinks. Yeah. Unless all. you're already watching them. Mm-hmm. Now, Tamala and a woman named Bridget Fuller were the last two awake. But Bridget's husband actually picked her up at 1.45 a.m. Because so Bridget didn't stay the night. I think she had said she had to go to work the next day. So when Tamala said bought her, because she walked her to the door and, you know, she hugged her. And that was the last time anybody saw her alive was after that point. Now, the next morning at around 830 in the morning, John's aunt Madeline was making coffee and she looked out the window and she saw Tamala laying face down in the grass. And she said, this is what she said out of her mouth. She said when she saw that, she got on her knees and she said a prayer. And then she ran upstairs. She knocked on John's door. And then she said, John may have been in the shower during this time because she did hear some water running. And then she ran back downstairs. She looked out the window again. Then she went back upstairs and knocked on the door again. And at this point, Jose and John were sleeping. So she woke them up and she said, your friend from the islands is on the ground. She like face planted on the ground. So so she told Jose to go downstairs and look at her and see what was going on. Tamala was still in her pajamas. She had on like a little onesie pajama with paw prints on it. So that's how she said she knew that it was her. So Jose goes downstairs and he said that he touched Is her. Is he Caucasian, Jose? Jose Barrera. No, I don't think he's. That's a... not Caucasian yeah. at all. Mm-mm. Barrera. Yeah. Barrera. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> now, when he touched her back, he tried to move her leg, but he said that her leg was completely stiff and he couldn't move it. So Jean then calls 911 and basically they just said that they was at a party and everyone else went to bed, but she stayed on the patio, stayed up drinking all night. So we're back to that. Like they was like, well, she was the only one up and she was drinking so much. You know, she stayed up after everybody went to bed. And then on the 911 call, they was like, well, she must have just fallen because she was drinking too much. She must have just fallen off the patio. Mm. So then Jean gave the phone to Jose, who told the police that there was a small cut on her wrist. And he said, well, it looks like she may have basically tried to kill herself. It may have been self-inflicted because there was a cut on her wrist. 
And then also he said that, you know, basically he said the rail was about 20 feet. He said the porch was about like 20 feet. And he said that we could check the cameras to see what was going on. But then he, the camera footage was never given to the police. And they said, oh, well, we accidentally deleted the camera footage from that night. Uh. Yeah, right? So Jose said he last saw Tamla in the kitchen at 1 a.m. And he was like, he didn't really know like what she was doing. You know, but he said that was the last time. But she was definitely the last one up. He made sure to say that. Now, the officers arrived to the scene after 9 a.m., and Tamla was officially pronounced dead during this time. So they brought the coroner and the CSI as well. And it's important to note that EMS never came to the scene at all, so they just kind of treated it like she was dead, which is weird because on the 911 call, they never said that she was dead or anything like that. They just immediately brought out the coroner. But what you have brought, usually you bring out EMS to see if you can revive the person first. Uh-huh. So that's important to note as well. So he had said on the 911 call too that he didn't know she was breathing or not. So that was another strange thing. It's like, okay, if you don't know, usually you bring out the ambulance, you know? Uh-huh. So also, Tamla was face down. This is These are weird things that was going on. So Tamla was face down. So usually, like she was face down and her head was actually in the grass. So they say usually if she jumped, like if somebody jumps or commits suicide or if they fall, like it's just natural to turn your face to the side because you're going to try to protect your face to where your face don't just plant. So that's a weird, you know, that's weird for her to have landed like that, you know, just Mm. face down on the grass. Okay. She also had one arm up and out as if she was trying to brace her fall. However, it's important to note that her arm may have been moved by somebody because on the 911 call, he said that when she fell, both arms was to her side. But when they got there, when the CSI got there, all of a sudden one arm was out as if she tried to brace her fall, which that's what most people would do. If you fall, most of the time your arm will be out like that. So it's almost like somebody positioned her arm like that to make it look like she was trying to brace her fall. Okay. So her body... So also... One thing was her right wrist was swollen, broken, and dislocated. And so that's one thing. Now, her body was sent for an autopsy because the strange thing, too, is that there was lack of blood on her body as well. So if she failed, like if she was alive, there would have been more blood pooling around her body because, you know, she was alive, you know, when this happened. Mm-hmm. But it's looking like we don't know, but she may have been unconscious and there's, there'll be some other things that come up, but she may have been unconscious when she actually fell over the railing. So basically everybody that left the party was called and to come in for an interview. They had to come back to the house. Now, the people that were still in the house was put in one room, and the people that was called to come back that had left the party, they was put in another room. However, they didn't separate them. They let everybody just kind of co-mingle, you know? Now, there was, mm. yeah. So there was two women named Sarah and Nicole. They had left the party the night before at around 1030. And like I said, Bridget had left at 147 a.m. And then there was a lady named Marcy who had also left that morning as well. So, and then there was another woman. I mean, what was he doing still up walking around these people's house when everybody else was laying down? Well, that was the other thing, too. Like, that was the other thing, because everybody was like, oh, she was the last one up. You know what I mean? She walked Bridget to the door. Right, at at one forty-five in the morning. Yeah. Why are I, you walking somebody else to the door that ain't your... Ain't that the person that lived there bit the right. thing to do? But supposedly, John had already went to sleep. So, if so John laying down, and you lay down. Yeah. So that's that's that's, that's odd too. I, to me. I, yeah, I, as as a character person, 
when I go to somebody's house, mm-hmm. and I used to do it all the time because I, you know, used to do yeah. gospel and church things, and we used to go over to people's houses and things for uh, gospel meetings and gospel functions and all and and retreats and all that. That was church retreats. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you go over to people's houses uh, within the church. But when they turn the lights off, I I shut it down. I, yeah. I, I don't go walk around your house. I don't go in your yeah. refrigerator at the at the when, when you turn the lights off. That's it. Yeah, it's like when everybody else went to bed, she would have went to bed. Right. That's that, weird. For me, that's that is odd that you just still got up and went to hell. Like at the most, if I even had a weed pen, I'd go out of in, into the balcony of the room that I'm in, mm-hmm. and then go back and lay my butt the hell down. Oh yeah, but not just wandering around the house because I'd be right. scared too. Because if anything comes up missing or whatever like that, I right. wouldn't be the one I was that's, walking that's, around. That's that's what I'm doing, and not even for the fact that I think I'm gonna get killed. Right? What if somebody says something came up missing? What if say they said something mm-hmm. came up broke? What if they said somebody misplaced something? Right? Or they put this over here and they don't see it no more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and they was like, oh, they, hey, Buddha was walking all around the house. Or, <laughs> yeah. What, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, ah, oh, hell no. Like, and they gonna start asking weird questions like why was you in my living room at one o'clock in the morning yeah you know it's like like oh my god now you gotta explain all this right. extra stuff yeah see i just wouldn't feel comfortable being up after everybody went to bed right so that's, that's why i'm like off top not not victim shaming her at all but i'm just like off top to me this whole circumstance seems unique mm-hmm. because why are you walking around their house at two o'clock in the morning almost two o'clock in the morning yeah because you was at 147 you was alive when you're walking this lady to her door. Yeah. To, to the door. But it ain't your house. Why are you walking? Why nobody? Why are you the only person walking her to the door? Oh, yeah. That's weird, huh? Right? Well, that's going to come back, too, as far as it's questionable if she even had walked her to the door. Uh. So that's going to come back. So uh, just to just to reiterate, so two women, Sarah and Nicole, left the party. And they left, they left the night before at 1030. 147 Bridget left. That's the one that supposedly got walked to the door. Then this lady named Marcy left. Marcy left at 410 a.m. Because we're going into the people that spent the night. Marcy left. At, and then there was another woman that left. And at, she left at 410 and didn't see a body outside? That, that's the other thing. So we, that's because these timings is going to be a little bit weird. So she left at 410 a.m. In the morning. And then there was another woman named Paula who left at 7.45 a.m. So she definitely would have seen a body outside. Because remember, Tamala was found at 8.30 by the, by, by the aunt. So you left at 7.45 when it's light outside. You didn't see... 45 minutes before and you didn't see a body outside? Right. Face planted in the front yard? See, this is, this is where it's starting to get hella weird. So I'm like, okay, so then... And what was the time of death? The time of... Well, let's see... They're play oh they're placing the time of death right after a little bit after she walked her to the door so around one forty five one forty seven to two a.m. is where they're placing the time of death because they're going off of the fact that Bridget the last time she saw her was at one forty seven and they was like we'll go into the times of the garage doors opening and the um what do you call it the balcony door opening too so I mean on the autopsy y'all don't have an approximation for time of death well that the that's t- what I'm thinking like when people go into I see that mm-hmm. all the time on CSI oh, yeah. when the body starts getting stiff and I forgot Rick and Mortis or whatever mm-hmm. y'all don't got that y'all didn't test for that well, that seems are- very odd that even the police station has a very broad stroke time of death right. like she died between midnight and one o'clock in the afternoon like what that's 13 hours that right? yeah that don't even make sense and we'll see the autopsy i mean there's two autopsies that's going to be done so the other thing i wanted to talk about is you remember tom and stacy so stacy was the lady that had the party for john and her husband was there he was friends with jose remember they were the only two men that was there mm-hmm. well i forgot to mention that they left they actually left after paula left they actually left at 8 30 8 30 a.m 
So that's even weirder because I was right minutes before Madeline woke up and said she saw the body. So nobody in the morning saw a body just on the ground. So now that's 15 minutes before the body appeared. Mm-hmm. You still claim you didn't see it. And you didn't see it, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Jose told the police that he last saw Tamla at 1 a.m. in the kitchen and she was trying to decide if she was going to go home or not. Then he told law enforcement a different story. He said he saw her around 1.30 and he said that she specifically said that she was about to go outside and smoke and then she was going to go sleep on the couch or in the bedroom. So that was so in the, the bedroom. Yeah, like was everybody sleeping in the bedroom. Yeah, like the guest room, like the guest room that everybody was set up. So, okay. so that's already two different stories, though. Now, also, everyone told the investigators that for some reason early that morning she wanted to go home, but nobody would left her, and it's important uh, nobody would let her. But it's important to note that they took her keys and her cell phone at this time. So I could see keys been taken if somebody is too drunk, but why would you take her cell phone? So that's right. Yeah. So they said they took her phone because she was just too drunk. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't matter how drunk you are. You can't. You can't talk to people. You can call an Uber. Right. You can have friends, or I think that was a thing even before. before. Uber was big. Mm-hmm. It's phone a friend. Yeah. You know the designated driver. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're being prohibitive of her being able to not only leave but contact others. Right. It's more so now just how it's just looking mm-hmm. for your well being. And you said and you've already stated just going by what you said before is she's calling her husband mm-hmm. regularly. Mm-hmm. She's calling her children and FaceTiming with them regularly. Mm-hmm. Why are you taking her phone? Yeah. No, that doesn't make sense. That's what that's what got me because I was like, what, what? And at what time did you take her phone before she started walking around in the kitchen drinking? Right, that doesn't make sense at all. Now Jose told nine one one that he was woken out of his sleep by Madeline and that they went downstairs and they saw Tamla outside. However, in the incident report, he said something else. He told the police that he was outside cleaning up in the morning and he had found an unlit cigarette and a lighter lying outside on the floor of the porch and that was the brand of cigarette that Tamla smoked. Now all the a lot of the other party goers said that they had woke up and they had started cleaning up, but however that wasn't the story because Madeline was she was up before everybody else. Remember cuz she was the one that was about to make some coffee and she saw her. Mm-hmm. So at that point nobody else was up, but the other party goers said they had gotten up and they had started cleaning up. Well, they I, I apparently uh, at least a couple of them did get up at some point in time. Mm-hmm. People leaving at four, yeah. You know, people leaving at six and seven thirty. Mm-hmm. So there are people up and moving, right? Especially if somebody's getting up at four, that's kind of stirring the person next to them. Mm-hmm. That person gets up around six. So yeah, it is it's possible that people are up and moving. But to me, mm-hmm. that makes it more suspicious, right? So you guys are up and you guys are up and moving. Then when did the body fall over the side? Right, because if you're saying the body fell over the side that night, then why nobody saw her and she's right there on the front porch. Right, or did it fall during the morning and y'all watched it fall? Like, when did it fall down? Right. <laughs> I'm sorry, the face you just made. You look so confused right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just pinpointing the body and so he's face planting into the grass. When did that happen? When did the face plant happen? Because right. it couldn't have happened exactly right before that lady found it. Like, she just heard a plop and then she walked outside. No. Like, there's a face plant. Right. And my thing is, because when somebody falls, don't they scream on the way down to right. the Right. Like sound, something. Yeah. They're definitely making a thud. Right. So, you're making, so Madeline's making it seem like she just got up in the morning and found it. And when, that's also something that I was, you just said as a key point. Don't they make a sound? This isn't a skyscraper. 
Right. This is a regular ass house. <laughs> a regular house, right? So somebody screamed off the side of a building, off the side of this house, and y'all didn't hear that? <laughs> somebody screamed and thudded off the side of the house, and nobody heard that. You see what I'm that, Yeah. Now, see, that's, that's odd. Now, also, the crazy part about it is, remember they said Tamla was the only one that smoked weed and cigarettes, right? Well, outside, two kinds of cigarettes was found. So somebody else smoked at that party because it wasn't just Tamla's cigarette butts that was outside. It was somebody else's cigarette butts out there. Mm-hmm. But they trying to make like, it seem marijuana, like... I can, marijuana is something I can say, okay, yes, you can be the only person that's in a place, a group, a group setting that you're doing. But statistically, mm-hmm. cigarettes, I think one in 10 people smoke cigarettes or one in 20. Oh, is it that Like many? statistically, yeah, it's a lot of people that smoke cigarettes. Yeah. So it's almost an impossibility that no one else in that house smokes cigarettes when mm-hmm. you have a group setting like that. Yeah, especially a party group setting and they're drinking and stuff. Because I know I used to smoke cigarettes and I stopped smoking cigarettes. But when I would drink, that's when I would want a cigarette. And especially in a party scenario uh-huh. where other people are doing it too. Yeah. And that's a very common thing. You've seen sex in the city. Everybody yeah. goes outside has a cigarette. Yeah. So that now now to know that you guys don't want to no one wants to admit they was out on that patio mm, that's what it is nobody her, ever ever yeah yeah because the whole time they've been saying she was the only one went outside so but the patio was just all hers right like she just telling. out there all the time hitting your patio mm-hmm. now this is where it started smoking down pounds of marijuana yeah and cigarettes she was just a human smoker, like a just a, a chimney, right? Well, I was going to say, you know, a little engine that could. But oh, you know yeah. <laughs> so, basically, this is when it starts getting wor- weirder. So, John and Jose, they kept saying that, you know, she was the only one that smoked. They both said that at 1 a.m. they both saw her. John told investigators, and she made sure to keep saying, she just face-planted due to being drunk. And then Jean now, she had a security app on her phone. And what would happen is it would send notifications when her doors was open and shut. So this is when it gets weirder. So the front door it shows on the app opened at 1.47 a.m. So that's when Tamla supposedly walked uh, Bridget outside. Bridget then left with her husband. But this is the important part where we're coming back to. We don't know if Tamla really walked her out because the husband, when the husband was asked, the husband was like, he, Bridget came out by herself. Like he didn't see anybody like walk her to the door or anything. And so he was like, yeah, Bridget was by herself. He, he said his wife just came outside. Hmm. So that was the other thing. So we don't know at that point if Tamla even walked her outside. So the balcony door then opened at 1.49 a.m. and it closed at 1.50. And then it opened again at 1.57 a.m., but that balcony door never closed again after that. So it just stayed open. So this must have been, this may have been the time when she fell because she never came back in the house. So that's what they're saying, that it may have been that time. Now, Jean said that this was probably Tamala taking a very long smoke break. And, you know, she said that, people kept on telling her like, Hey, stop going outside so much. Cause you're like smoking too much. And she just wouldn't stop. And then John even said, uh, because, how, how, how did that conversation go? Cause she just said, she, she literally, she's out there just hitting it. Like Jim Carrey in the mask, she's smoking. Right. She's just hitting it back and forth. And you just come out there like, I don't know you, but I'm really concerned. You smoke so much that you're going to die here on this balcony. 
I've heard about a friend that smoked 12 cigarettes in a row and died right there. Right there. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, how did that conversation... How did that conversation go is my question. And how did you end up being that person that was so overly concerned? It's the same thing with my kids hate me for the reason that I do that. You hate the fact that I don't let people off the hook. Right. Is Because uh, I don't do that because... When you're coming out and say, I was so concerned. Girl, I have I smoke all the time. I smoke marijuana here. Yeah. I smoke marijuana after the show. I sometimes hit a black and mild afterwards and all and that. I've never said anything the, to girl, you. Girl, you've not said nothing. You, my dearest friend, I see daily on a regular basis. The only person that is in my whole life that's ever said something is one my mother. And she said it like one time. Like, baby, you sure you want to do that? Like... You don't, don't you think you, if you so handsome and invincible man, will you, don't you think you should stop that and be a better man? And some old lady that'd be randomly <laughs> at a church, they'd be like, you know, you too handsome to be doing that. Like she's coming on to you at the same time, <laughs> but she's telling you to stop smoking. Like basically telling you, I would have got your number if you wasn't smoking that cigarette. Yeah, right. You know, but that's it. So what I'm saying is. I don't let people off because y'all now giving me some, I'm giving you the stank eye. I'm giving you side eye because of the fact that I feel now you guys are overdoing trying to make you guys look like you're good. Cause you oh, said yeah. that the husband yeah. was, was not, didn't really un, uh, like people smoking marijuana cause he's a cop. Mm-hmm. You guys are calling her Bob Marley. And now you guys are repeatedly coming out there mm-hmm. to someone you don't even know. Cause yeah. she only knows Jean, right? Right. John. Yeah. She yeah. Only she only knows her. John. But all of y'all are coming out yeah. that she don't know, telling her about how she's smoking and how, you know, it's, it's bad for her and hurtful for her. And you guys are all saying this in a sweet tone is what you guys are claiming. Mm-hmm. You and see what I'm to, saying? And not to mention <laughs> the fact that she drank more than everybody else there. But right. And, and you're a drinker and you're just sloshed is what they're saying in the story, too. So yeah. you're a slosh belligerent. So what she do? Turn around and hiss at you like a vampire? Like, <laughs> I think you're smoking. <laughs> like, come on now. <laughs> Like, this is how you guys are trying to write it out, is what I'm saying, is because of the facet of, I, now I feel like it's too far. Now I'm side-eyeing you, is what I'm saying, is because I do that even to my kids. I do that to you. Like, if you tell me I was driving down the street, I wasn't doing nothing, the guy started cussing. I'm not going to take that story. Yeah. Like, right. I don't even care if I don't even know the guy. you talking about a crazy-ass bum that's some, somewhere in San Francisco, and you know they known to just cuss out people for no reason. Yeah. You've had to do something to antagonize. Right. There's no reason that there's no way that you guys have all got the same story of saying how she's belligerently drunk and out there smoking and no one felt no type of way and everybody just talking to her super, super kind. Right. She's walking around your house at one o'clock in the morning and, and smoking and drinking and carrying on and, and and making it seem like she just Bob Marley and smoking chimneys down and no one's saying nothing. Right. Everybody's That's... just so super kind. Like, well, could you please? <laughs> They're starting to sound phony. Yeah. Starting to sound real phony. Mm-hmm. Well, Tamla's family was notified of the death, and they were immediately suspicious. Because the first thing was her jacket was found by the door. And if everybody everybody knows, Tamla hated the cold. Like, she did not like cold. She couldn't stand the cold because she was from the islands, remember? So they was like, there's no way she would have kept going outside and not brought her jacket with her. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing that was super suspicious. And, you know, keep in mind, this happened in November, so it was, like, really cold, you know? Now, the next day, her autopsy results came in, and they said she had a blood alcohol of 0.24. She also had traces of Xanax and marijuana in her system. Now, it's important to note that Xanax had never been prescribed to her. There was no evidence of Xanax anywhere on her. But there was a lady there that had a prescription for Xanax that, you know, and so they said it may have been something that was slipped in her drink. You know, we don't know, but there was a small amount of Xanax. Her husband said she didn't take Xanax at all. Mm. 
And those of you that don't know, like Xanax, like, cause have you ever taken Xanax before? No, I'm not a heavy drug user. Yeah, Xanax actually like knocks you out, like it puts you to sleep, mm. you know. So it it really like you take a Xanax and you're just out for a long time. Cause I used to have a prescription for Xanax, and you're just like really sleep. I stopped taking them because, as you know, I like to be up, I like to move around and stuff like that. And I was prescribed Xanax, and it just it put it just puts you to sleep. Like once you take that Xanax, you're out. Like mm. you're not good for shit. I mean, it's the best sleep you'll ever have in your life. But I mean, if you go to bed at like eight, you're not getting up until like literally the next morning. And it's one of those like dead sleeps. Like you're not getting up for nothing. Nothing's not waking you up. So for me, it just didn't work for me, you know? Mm. But so for this to be found in her system, it was actually very weird because they know she don't take that. Right. So also her right wrist was broken. She had a one inch laceration on the inside of her wrist and she also had a laceration on her left forearm, bruises, and lacerations on her fingers and on her shins. There was also severe injuries on her neck and on her torso. And she had superficial abrasions on her fingers and her shins. She also had, you know, her forehead, her left eye, her nose, right temple, and her chin had bruises as well. And her right ventricle of her heart, you know, was hurt, was damaged as well. And she had injuries to her chest. So typically, like, people that get into car accidents or something like that and they get crushed in, that's their left ventricle is damaged. And that's what was damaged. So this is kind of suspicious because somebody typically falling off of any kind of building or something, they're not going to have this much damage to them, you know? Mm She had no scratches on your shin. Yeah, like she she's not your fingernail. Yeah, because typically you just fall. Yeah, you fall. You're gonna have some broken bones stuff, but you're not gonna have this amount of damage. Like these damages don't really you know constitute like what happened to her. Like she failed. You know, know? follow this blunt force trauma. Right, it's not gonna scratch you and all that. Now she didn't have any broken bones in her face, which is weird because supposedly she fell on her face. So definitely she would have broken bones in her face. And, you know, she didn't have any bleeding in her mouth and her teeth was intact. So that was another odd thing because if she fell like right on her face, like her teeth would have definitely been cracked and fallen out. She also had a fractured vertebrae as well. The other thing is she fell in the grass. So this was kind of weird too, because if she fell in the grass, like she wouldn't have had this, this amount of damage either. I mean, she still could have died, but all these scratches and stuff like that, she wouldn't have got that from just falling in the grass, you know? The weird thing is no photos those was taken during the autopsy and during autopsies you are supposed to take photos. That's what the autopsy is for. Like so that yeah, was weird. That's what I'm saying. It sounds like very hard negligence even from the police force mm-hmm. themselves mm-hmm. in this case. Now the st- now official statements was given weeks later, and that's when the police like really came back out and like started questioning everybody. And, you know, so first they started with Madeline Lombardi, you know, and this, and keep in mind that the police didn't even ask everybody to come down to the station like usual. Like weeks later, they did official interviews, but they actually, you know, went to their house, you know. So Madeline. God, you know, it must be good to be the privileged uh, class. Oh, my God. That privileged color. They come to your house, treat you like a person, just talk to you normal. <laughs> like a Dave Chappelle movie. Like what if black people got arrested like white folks get arrested? Oh, my God. <laughs> Remember that clip? That's what I felt like we're watching the episode right now. That's wild. So, Madeline was the first one question. Remember, she was the aunt that found her. So, she was questioned first because she was the one that found the body. Mm-hmm. So, you know, keep in mind, Madeline is John's aunt. 
So as they're questioning Madeline, Jean was able to just, you know, come in and out of the interview. Like, you know, they didn't even treat it like it was an official interview. Jean was coming in and out. She was joking and laughing with them. She was like, she, she even made a joke. She said, y'all come here so much. I'm going to start charging y'all rent, you know? And then he, he responded back. He said, get out of my head. It was like they was joking back and forth. And then she said she had bought gift cards for all the officers. She had bought them Dunkin' Donuts gift cards. And she didn't show any kind of empathy. She just seemed like she was eager for the case to be closed. And during this interview, it was actually the day of Tamla's funeral. And she made the comment. She said, so do you still need me or should I, can I go get ready for this funeral? You know, but there was no empathy at all in that statement. Mm. So during John's interview, you know, she said that her aunt always went outside to see the weather in the morning. And, you know, she went outside, she saw Tamla, she went to the bathroom, she washed her face, she prayed because she couldn't believe what she was hearing. So remember, this is different than what she said when she initially first found the body. She said well, that she dropped I always thought that was suspicious too. Right. When you said she came up, knocked on the door, it's her water running, so they must have been in the shower. You went back, looked at the body, they right. came back and they were asleep now? Right. That's what I said too. Like, how did they get out the shower that fast? They got out the shower, got dried and laid in the bed that fast from you going up and down the steps? Right. And my thing is, okay, somebody is like on the front yard hurt, so I don't care if somebody's in the shower, I'm knocking on the bathroom door like, hey, can I, you get I, out the shower? I'm calling the cops or something like, so, how am I... How right. am I like, you know what? Mm, let me wash my hands and go get some tea too. Right. So you saw the body and it wasn't that important to you neither. It wasn't that important because that was my thing too. Cause, and uh, and at this point, you didn't know that she was dead. For all you know, she was hurt. So you didn't think to go outside and give medical assistance or try to do anything. So you... Like, I even see why she could have just, in my mind, I'd have been like, that bitch passed out. Oh, on my front porch, right? Passed out of my front yard. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's what the quote. That's why I was like, I, it's funny to me that everybody went immediately to death. I'd have been like, this chick passed the fuck out of my front yard with her drunk ass. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. So y'all knew she was dead. So y'all just do right? At I, a party, drinking, smoking, you saying that she's doing the most. What, what like what, does that happen often to y'all? Would y'all all fall off the balcony? Because right. for me, my friends just pass out somewhere. You know, you're right because and there was no blood. So if you saw her, it would look like she just passed out. So why did you and just you know, automatically say she fell off the? She face planted. She's face planted and she's dead. How you <laughs> knew that off top? How did you know that? I didn't even think about that. How did you know that? That's what my question was like, huh? <laughs> Especially face down. I've been like, oh yeah, man. He she she went there. Yeah. But instead, y'all was just like... Y'all oh, all knew she was dead. That's crazy. Mm, mm, mm. So, so then she said that she couldn't believe, you know, what she was seeing. She, and then she went outside and saw Tamla. She said that she knocked, you know, they didn't hear her the first time. So she knocked again and woke Jose up. So this time she left out the part about they might have been in the shower. So when she said it again... And then Jose got up, got up, got dressed and started coming downstairs and yelled for her to go get the phone. She called 911 and she gave the phone to Jose while she stood on the gravel because she said she just couldn't stand to look at her like that. So this is John talking. Mm -hmm. And so she was like, so, I mean, honestly, if that's my friend, you know what I mean? Like, I can't stand to look at her like that. So I'm just going to stand hella far back. I, no, well, I can't. I can't. I don't know. That. Like, if That's I was face planted like, down, react to death differently. I don't know. If I was face planted, what would you do? Would you stand next to me, or would you be hella far back? What would you do? 
I, I will honestly because I would want to try and see justice for you. I would tell nobody to touch you. Yeah. And I'd be trying to, and I would be trying to keep as many people, even even me, away from your body. Yeah. But that's but that's what I'm saying is I would have already contaminated because I'd have walked up to you, be like, girl, wake your ass up. Oh, that's right. You know huh? But if I knew you were dead. Yeah. And right. I felt like there was some foul play. Mm-hmm. I would just be like, no one get close to her. Everybody stand back. Yeah. I'll honesty, because now we got more footprints and more footsteps, and I want this killer caught. Yeah. That's true. So, basically, Jose, that's when she said that Jose touched her back. She wasn't breathing. And he think that rigor had set in. He said he thought she was gone. But she said that, you know, she was the first one on the phone. But then remember, it wasn't. It was him that was the first one on the phone. And he handed the phone to her initially. And so, basically, she uh, that was the thing, too, with the arms. So, on the phone call, they said both arms was by her side. They got there. One arm was up. And it seemed like Jean was doing a lot of flirting with the officers. You know what I mean? Like, she was just, like, just really flirty and flighty with them, you know? And she also was the one that said she told Tamla to stop smoking weed because, again, her boyfriend was a pretrial officer and did not approve at all. So she actually asked for his phone number and stuff like that, like his personal phone number to text him, like any kind of like evidence. And she was like getting really flirty with him. Mm. And so also in the middle of the interview, she just seemed like she didn't even care. Like she made arrangements like to pick up and drop her from her kids and stuff like that. And, you know, everybody said they had no clue who moved her arm. So it was like they even let her leave in the middle of the interview to go pick her kids up. You know, so it was like this was treated like that good life. Yeah, this was treated like not even like an interview. Like you're getting interviewed about somebody dying in your house. But I mean, honestly, if somebody died in my house, even if I had nothing (laughs) to do with it, I'm going to be a little more like, you know, second the series. Like, I want to know what happened to this lady that kind of died in my house. You know, I mean, that's that's hearsay. People act and respond to it different. But I do what I will say from what I'm listening to is the police are extremely lenient. They're laid back with with, with this whole interaction. Mm hmm. And one of them got a number. He got a little something on the side. But it's going to lead to what I'm going to say about a little bit later. My hypothesis. So based on the Xanax that was found in her system, based on, you know, the the bruises and the injuries and the way that she fell, it was possible that she was possibly unconscious or even dead when she fell off the balcony in the first place, just because she was, you know, unconscious and the way that she fell. Now, that's a possibility. I'm leaning towards dead more than unconscious. Because mm-hmm. even when you're unconscious, you bleed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I was on a boxing team. You punch a guy, he does fall unconscious. That doesn't mean he stops bleeding. Right, right. So the fact that she didn't have no blood, like barely even in her mouth, and like, she face planted, like even in her mouth, nothing coming out from yeah. the, the impact. Your your chest got caved in, and nothing bleeding from that. Yeah, I'm leaning towards you. Was already that the circulation had already stopped. That's yeah, and the, based on the number of bruises that she had, it seemed like she got like beat to death and then threw over the balcony. Possibly, I don't know. Uh, I feel like she got choked out, but I'll tell you that about the, what my theory is. Okay, well, I'm gonna get to Jose's interview. His interview is kind of short, but his interview to me, this even gets more ridiculous. Because he basically added on to his story. So he picks up where, you know, Madeline came to get them. He puts his clothes on to come downstairs, see what's going on. But then he said, 
that he saw a cigarette butt on the balcony, tabbing a cigarette and the lighter on the balcony. And he said he has OCD real bad. So he said he had stopped to go pick up the cigarettes and clean up outside on the balcony before he went downstairs to check on the body. And so that was where... That's wild. Yeah. He was like, oh, and he said... He has that much of a compulsive impulse to mm -hmm. go clean up. Before yeah. They, the cigarette, her cigarette butts. Yeah. Before they came. Before it, right. And then he said that he changed, he kind of changed the story again because he said that he, the la he was the last person to talk to Tamla. He said when he saw her, she was sitting on the couch eating a bowl of gumbo. And that was like right before, I guess, Bridget's husband came to pick her up. So he said he saw her sitting down eating a bowl of gumbo. Nobody had said nothing about her eating gumbo before. Right. So that was another thing. I'm like, I, hope, man, I, I would, I would like to see the picture of your house when you say that, because you start to pick up cigarette butts. You better not have a bowl. You better not have a pillow out of place. Right. If it, when I walk in this her house. Right. If, if them cigarettes was that important. Yeah, that important that you couldn't even go downstairs and render aid until that's cleaned up. Right. Mm. -mm. And so, uh, so that was his interview. His interview was very short and you know just straight to the point. Now we get to Bridget. Now Bridget is the one who left with her. Supposedly Tamil walked her to the door and she left with her husband. And she just kept saying that she's the mother hen. She takes care of everyone. She's always working. She says she doesn't really like drinking, smoking. She was like, she got, she went to the party because she wanted to support Jean. But she was like, her first priority is always her kids. And then she said she started talking about the weekend before. Because the weekend before this slumber party, there had been a Halloween party at Jean's house. And all of them had actually been there, including Tamla. And they had actually brought the kids over to carve pumpkins and stuff like that and she was just like everybody was just so amazing and i made sure to take care of the kids and you know so basically she kept getting off track with the interview she started talking about the little halloween get together that everybody had with the kids well and, writing out how wonderful a person she is yeah and she just kept saying so they didn't really get much out of her at all and so basically that was it so basically at this point after, once again that's the leniency of an officer usually officers reel you in they do I'm like we don't need to hear about that ma'am stick to the thing that the information because i've tried to give cops extra information mm -hmm. but, but he also had this in pocket like sir stick to the questions i'm asking yeah I've, I've been questioned by a cop they don't just let me wander around and just start talking about shit no like that's the thing because she didn't even barely talk about the sleepover she started talking about the carving pumpkin and stuff they didn't get nothing out of her right that's what i'm like so you got nothing out of the first guy because he was very straightforward so you didn't ask him anything else is what it sounds like yeah and then this lady goes off a topic and you just accepting it you don't like, well, just let her talk. Right, like, are you guys even trying to probe for answers? Mm -hmm. What time did you actually leave? What time is this? Because what I was taught is everybody at the scene is a, is a suspect. Everybody's a not. suspect, right. So, but you're not treating them as suspect. You're all just treating them as, basically, you guys are counting her off as just jumping off the balcony and just trying to verify that through their stories. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny that you said that because right after all these interviews, the case was closed and it was ruled as an accidental falling. There it is, okay. So there, and there was no media coverage of this case, like at all. And in mid-December, Tamala's best friend, Michelle Graves, was outspoken about her suspicions because she was like, nobody was giving out real stories. Like nobody, like this is a close as an accident and nobody said anything. Like nobody, like what's going on? Nobody is investigating this, right? So now this is the crazy thing about it. After this case was closed, right? There was a temporary protective order filed against Michelle by Jean. 
and the case, but the case was dismissed. So John tried to, you know, file, you know, something against Michelle because Michelle really was her best friend. And she kept saying she wanted to keep this case open. She was like, don't close this case. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And so that's, you know, so Jean filed, you know, try to file a temporary protective order against her. She also tried to file a cease and desist notice against her because Michelle kept talking about this case. And Jose was actually placed on an administrative leave from his job because on December 17, 2018, he used his position at the courthouse to access confidential files on the case. He um, so basically there was a current investigation during the investigation that was surrounding the death in which he was a witness. That's what it says. So he was actually fired two days later because they had loss of confidence in him. And what happened was he had gone into the incident report that was filed November 7th. And in November 20th, he had access to file again. So also, so basically he was fired for that because he, he kept wanted on. to see the information that yeah. was being pulled up. Yeah, he wanted to see what was going on, mm -hmm. you know. And why are you so concerned about it? Mm-hmm. So basically, he uh, also, what happened was that all the videos, like I said, had been deleted regarding this case because they had the cameras for house of an officer yeah yeah, yeah all the yep all the video footage had been gone they only had video footage the day before and the day after but coincidentally everything was gone and then so john sends an email to the I mean, actor even if you guys calling the cops that's gone mm -hmm. isn't that wild yeah like, all the whole day's gone from a house of an officer yeah everything's gone who has no other days or anything else to delete it right and then on top of that, Jean sent an email to the police and she was like, oh my gosh, like I'm just not tech savvy. And I think I accidentally deleted the video from that day and I'm just not tech savvy. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to get it back. That's the email that she sent to him. So basically people that like left the party also that day was like, you know, they made sure to say like, I left the party before it went down. Like they kind of made that kind of, you know, they, when they said, well, I left the party before it went down. It's like, people are starting to wonder like what went down, you know, this is what's worded. So the people that left the party was like, I don't know. I left before it all went down before all what went down. Right. You know what I mean? So if you listen, people are saying stuff. Before you know? it went down. That's what I'm saying. Cause that's the same answer of, how did y'all know she was dead and not just drunk passed out when y'all all kept saying she's drinking excessively? Right. Because what is it? Right? What is it then? That's crazy that's as hell. That's the him. moment she passed out? Right. And that's not even going down. So, I don't, yeah. So, now, so basically, like I said, this case didn't get any media coverage, but what brought it to light was in summer of 2020 because, remember, there was the Black Lives Matter and that sparked national press. So celebrities such as T.I., Kim Kardashian, 50 Cent, you know, they came, they came out and they was like, we want to know more about this case. So that the Black Lives Matter is what really shed light on this case. Otherwise, we wouldn't even be talking about this case now because I didn't know about this case until mm -hmm. a while ago. So people were like, this case needs to be really opened back up. So another independent autopsy, you know, was performed on her and they said that a lot of the injuries that was done in this, um, you know, on her was done post-mortem. So that means after she died, like the cut <coughs> on her wrist and stuff like that, after she died, these injuries was put on her mm -hmm. to make it look like something. I remember he did say in the 911 call, well, there's a cut on her wrist. So she may have been trying to do this herself. Like she jumped off the balcony herself and tried to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. So, so, so basically... Ultimately, in 2021, the authorities actually reopened up this case. So they were investigating it again. 
but they closed the case again because they came to the conclusion that her death was accidental. So now the, the case has been closed twice as an accidental death. Even after that second autopsy said a lot of these bruises and cuts was put on her after she had died. Mm. So yeah. So that's the case of Tamla Horsford. It's just so much. Oh, that was the end. That was how you ended it there. Yeah, like... well, I ended it with, you know, they, they're doing another investigation because actually I had been following this case and I was so happy to find out that they opened it up and they were investigating. And I was like, great. And then they closed it again in 2021. Mm-hmm. So now it's a possibility that Tamla Horsford may never get any kind of like retribution, any kind of justice, because they just keep saying it was an accidental death. Right. And I mean, I don't know what evidence they're finding in it now. I mean, with T.I. and them sponsoring and putting money into it to go towards the autopsy the second time, I feel like that had to definitely be more accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the one where they but, said the, the injuries was after she died. Right. The 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 major, the other the external injuries were on her arms mm-hmm. and, and maybe her legs. But that's still not given enough of the public information. Um yeah, no. It sounds it, to me. It does sound like it was it was some foul play. Mm-hmm. Um, for the, me, the best scenario that plays out is you got these swinger couple. So you got this girl who's already flirting with people in the police force and getting a number. Oh yeah, and he's in the police force. That's what I'm oh, like. Like yeah. he is a cop. So you fucking people in his job. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. And it must be at the same station because it yeah. doesn't sound like it's a huge ass town. Either. Yeah, it's not a huge. So town. he knows these people. You fucking. You're right. So. Maybe it was something where they had something like a semi-open relationship or a semi-jealousy relationship and what that happens uh, where people were messing up and you just feel like we're just two F-ups that's just going to be with each other. And I feel like, you know, Jose came on her and, uh, onto her in the middle of the night and she was like, hell no. Nah. She was like, I'm going to tell her. He kind of felt like she was going to tell people what was going to happen. Oh, yeah. And maybe the, the old police choke out. The police choke out with the forearm and the oh, arm and yeah. stuff. So that's why you wouldn't see lacerations around the neck mm-hmm. like you would see on the other area. Now, the, how the Xanax is getting in her system, it sounds like somebody is already sitting here wanting her to be drinking, wanting her to be intoxicated, wanting to push the level. Because, I mean, 2.1 alcohol level. It was a, uh, 0.24. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. sorry, 0.24. Mm-hmm. And 0, 0, 0, 0.08 is the, to, is the high, or is a level to where you're intoxicated. So you're beyond double. That means how is she even being able to be standing? Oh, right. Because she should have been passed out already. Like, yeah. she should... That's that's on some real you own and you own right now and turned up. Yeah. So, that sounds like somebody putting this alcohol in you. Yeah. Yeah. Because... And I can imagine, like, you know, that she... Because she knew she, like, I had a husband, kids at home. So, it seemed like she would be the type... She didn't seem like she would just get so, like, just drunk that she just passed out. Because she would still want to get up in the morning and go home to her kids and stuff. Right, so I, I mean, if she's making breakfast and dinner to right. the person, yeah. you're a person that goes by order and goes by time. Yeah. You have a schedule. Uh-huh. You know, and this ain't the club, and this ain't no, no Caddyshack. Yeah. You know, y'all not going over here and getting a Mandingo and staying up for the night. This is just really just a slumber party, you yeah. know, like, like some teenage mom stuff. Uh-huh. So... You wasn't coming over there expecting to just get that tossed back and that turned up and then right. do what? Right. That's that. Oh. That's what blew me because I was like, yeah, she don't seem like, because even me, like when I go somewhere now, I don't get hella fucked up because I know I have to get home. I still got to do shit. Right. I mean, period. Especially yeah. the person that has mm-hmm. kids, it's just period. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, mm. and then lastly, when you talk about this dude would use it and show the fact that he would use his authority 
in a small town like that, when you got somebody who's high ranking enough in the cops, you can't feel like you're gonna tell them that. Oh yeah, huh? So that's for me the reason why I'm saying it is that's why this becomes this odd timeline, and nobody knows when she died. Like everybody walked outside, but nobody saw. It. Yeah, nobody saw anything. That's some real. You felt like dude was gonna flex you on y'all. Yeah. You know, and I always felt that way. Like, I never thought it was one of the women that necessarily killed her. I always thought, when they said those two guys was there, I said, oh, that's a problem. Well, yeah. I didn't think that, you know, that was the problem in, in this whole thing. Because yeah. I'm sometimes the husband that still be there. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's just because usually with my wife, everybody, not, very few people stay the whole night. Yeah. And on, and on the same breath, I'm still like, you know, the kid regulator. Like, I'm the one that be like, come get the kids and get to that, get, tell them to stay in the back area. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and keep it from getting too rah-rah in there. Mm-hmm. Or like, well, that and because, I, you know, I'm kind of a real dynamic household and that whole, almost that old school stuff, like, my girl barely answers the door. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's night. Oh, she's not, she's like, the doorbell ring, she just look at me. Me like, too. I don't answer my fucking door at all. Right? Like, <laughs> the doorbell ring at night, she yeah. looks at me. Like, she's not answering that door. Yeah, she's if like, I'm not expecting you, I'm, I'm not answering. Right? <laughs> and she'll be like, who the fuck is that? That's right. all she'll say. But she's not getting up. She don't make no gesture like she's about to get up. So, I mean, like, so it's man me. Yeah. So, if we having a slumber party. <laughs> and she has sisters and colleagues that are, you know, similar to mine. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll, you know, they kind of rag on me. You know, they'll be like, get your ass up. Go answer the door. Yeah. What you doing? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause they're not, they're, they're the women. You know, they're not doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if they hear something in the middle of the night, I got to get up. I yeah. got to walk past all you guys. Excuse me, lady. Excuse me with my shotgun. Yeah. In the backyard. You know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all heard something. I got it. I got it. Yeah. So I'm not even saying that was a dangerous thing. I'm not saying that that was even a red flag. Mm-hmm. What is something that is a red flag is for me, for the guys being guys there, and it sounds like there was almost zero interaction that anybody would confess of, Yeah, is that you are an officer and you have a death on your property as well as your footage being gone. Yeah. And you don't even seem like you're tripping. Right. That's the thing. Yeah, that's true, too. There's a reason why you have cameras on your property is because you want to make sure you are secure. Yeah. So for somebody who wants that Mm self-security to not be worried about stuff like this happening on your property and land. Yeah. I mean, in my mind, even if it was a straight up accident. You could think that could happen to your kids. Oh, I, yeah. My balconies will start being nine feet tall all of a sudden. All my all my fences to my balcony be hella high. Right. I could be rebuilding and all the stuff. Like, that would change my life interaction. Me Just too. Just somebody dying in my front yard. Right. I, yeah, me too. Because I'm like, that's hella weird. And y'all just go back to living your life. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. mm, and you're an officer. Yeah. And you a person who is an officer who shows that you're an officer that wants to be protected and safe. Yeah. So you got an alarm system. That's what you said. You got cameras. Yeah. And someone died on your property and you just like, well, I don't know what happened to that film. Right. And that must have been an accident and y'all don't change nothing. You don't try to make sure your next friend don't fall off the balcony. Right. That and you know, your children don't fall off the balcony. If an adult can fall off a balcony, that means your kid can definitely get their asses over. Okay, get off the, you get off, yeah, over the balcony. And they were all moms, so she was definitely a mom. Y'all all so, are moms. Yeah, 
Well, and that's the other thing too. So now it's making me wonder because I forgot to mention this. So she fell in the grassy area. However, before you get to the grassy area, there was like, you know, like cobblestone or something like that. So that's the other thing. The way she fell, it's almost like she would have to fly to get to the area that she fell at. She didn't fall right directly under like she should have. So I'm like, that's weird too. It almost makes me wonder was she carried out to the actual grass? Like, did she even like fall off? Was she dead and they carried her out? You know what I mean? And just stomped her and made it look like she Maybe, fell down. Yeah, because they said a lot of these injuries was post-mortem, but like, the way she fell, like, did they just, did something happen and they just kind of carried her out and placed her there like she fell or something? Because I don't know. I mean, that I feel like the 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 throwing out was the cover-up yeah. of whatever you guys did. Mm-hmm. You did something and then you threw her out the window and tried to do it within the time span and somebody who seemed like they were aware of time span yeah. of death and mortal. That's why I was like, also for me it's suspicious because it seems like someone who's very aware of the police system on how the autopsies and all this go. Mm-hmm. Because she is going, she's slipping right under the radar of things that are understandable and things where people can figure out yeah. on time of death. Like, why was that so hard to figure out? Right. You know, where do these other rooms come from? What are these other rooms from? Yeah. You have a name, that, yeah, you guys have yet to even name an object where those scratches came from. Right, that's true too. That's very odd to even have ever said in, a, in an autopsy. You guys yeah. will be like, oh, there was a, from a kitchen knife. Almost every time the murder weapon was this. Yeah. The, there's a murder weapon. Yeah. You guys don't have a weapon associated. Right. She has scars on her neck, but you have no association of where that comes from. Mm-hmm. She has what seems like defense wounds because you said she has scars on her fingertips. Yeah. Those are called defense wounds. Yeah. And I like how you guys didn't word that. You just mm-hmm. said suspicious scars on her fingertips. Yeah. Like, so what? Was that because you wanted to become men in black? and she burned <laughs> off her fingertips. Motherfucker, everybody else I heard, that's called defense wounds. So right. it sounds like she was defending herself off of somebody. Yeah. So what's really going on? Right, and you guys didn't investigate any further of who may have have attack wounds. Yeah. And your interview. Oh, really that's short. right. I didn't even think about that because they didn't look at that. Like, right, who nobody. Had, and they do, they do that all the time. There's defense wounds. Well, somebody has wounds to match those. Right. Damn, that's a whole nother layer that they didn't even look at. That's why I'm saying, like, it sounds like someone who's very aware of how the system goes and what you guys look for. Yeah. And jumbled it up enough to where it became difficult for you guys to interpret what was the cause of death. Like, you got, the funny thing is, is, I have yet to hear what the cause of death was. Yeah, it's let them tell it was <laughs> accidental falling, but what was but, the actual cause? Yeah, but when you say accidental falling, You're right. even in autopsy, they will say it's a puncture room to the chest. This yeah. is what caused the death at this time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's because at the moment she failed, then her ribs came, broke and punctured her heart. So is that the cause? Why you guys aren't saying that? Right. Because you would have the blood trail when her when that did happen and her blood then pumped out from her heart, from her chest, mm-hmm. from the fact that it had punctured through her ribs. You see what I'm saying? And that's right. why they were saying there's no blood coming out of her mouth because that would have been the cause of death and she had blood coming out of her mouth at the same time as well. Right. Because her blood, her, her heart just got punctured. Yeah. So you can't name the cause of death. You say accidental falling. And I mean... Accidentally falling means that I could be out fishing and I slip over a rock trying to catch a catfish and I accidentally fall and bust my shit. Damn. Uh, yeah. Accidental falling can also be interpreted as somebody dropped an AC unit off a three-story building on accident and it fell on you. That's yeah. an accidental falling. Yeah. So what is that? What do you mean accidental falling? That you guys are blanketing it. That's why I'm saying that it's a lot of, it almost seems like catering to negligence by the officers mm-hmm. in that county. To, even if they pulled the case out now and pulled it into the 
a, to, to, to a, a, a known case, I will say a more current case, mm-hmm. is it would be so little bit of evidence and so catered to evidence to try and point to it being an accident that it almost be impossible to tell. Damn. <clears throat> <laughs> this case is nerve-wracking to me. I just... Honestly, a part of me wants to be a fly on the wall because I want to see what the hell happened. Like, for real. Like, I just want it to be solved. But I pretty much feel like what you said probably is what happened. Yeah, there was a flex. There was some reason that he flexed on her. Mm -hmm. And he had something to do with it. Or her had something to do with it. Maybe, you know, she was actually down. Because I was thinking, why was she sitting here being up and moving around in the house? and, And she's wearing her pajamas. Maybe she was actually down. To sit here and flirt with her and got choked out by the wife. Oh. You know, and they covered it the hell up. Oh my, I didn't even think about that. Maybe she got mad, huh? Because the wife's sitting here flirting with officers and stuff and he was flirting with her and she's the only brown in the in the city. That makes it that sexy taboo that people want to get into. Oh my gosh. I mean, why do you keep solving these murders? Like you solved the John Bonet Ramsey case and now you solved this case. Girl, I just get my hypotheses. Yeah. On how I just look at it, hypothesis, on how I just look at it from the perspective of what would be motive. Yeah. You know, I, when I think about murder, I think about especially the unsolved one of the person who's done something that is maliciousness. I think about who, not in the sense of like a video game, but for real, like who's going to, who's winning from this? Yeah. Like, why would I want to kill this person? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think about. Well, that's good. You should start your own detective agency and solve people's murders. You don't know that's how you get yourself shot too because you start figuring <laughs> it out. The murderers know you figured it out. They're going to take you down. They're going to take you down, right? <laughs> like, that's why there's no monk in real life. Mm. In real life, detectives are undercover. They don't want you knowing their name, and they come in their dress as a normal person that works at Walmart. Oh my god! Well, next week's case, we are going to be covering the Carr brothers. So we have another killing duo. You love the duos, the killing duo. You love to have, but also you hate to have parties though. So you wanted to be a duo because you want to have a friend to kill with, but then ultimately you were praying mantis they ass. Yeah, you have to get rid of it because remember you only... will kill your friend later on. Well, yeah, because you know what? Only two people can keep a secret if what is it? Two people can keep a secret if... One I'll of them let... is dead? One of them is dead. That's the That's only way. That's what you taught me. Yes. yes. I did not know that as fact though. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you guys out there as the fans, Nisha taught me that. Yeah? <laughs> so That you should guys... be the new saying for the for the for the uh, podcast. Yeah, what? Like, instead of watching back out there, remember, two people can keep a secret if only one of them is dead. If one of them is dead. That should ah! be your sign out. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Well, we'll actually see you guys next week for a wonderful episode. And in the meantime, make sure you follow us. Keep the five stars coming. Make sure you follow the show on whatever platform. Please rate us, review us, because it really helps the show, doesn't it, Buddha? It does. Yeah, we have so many reviews now. I'm so happy about it. We're getting stars, good stars, not the bad ones. Yes, we are. And we have to build up our numbers, guys, to be able to do some type of ad promotion, they said. Yeah, so yeah, we... So, yeah. like, help us do that. Uh-huh. I want to do, I think, visual commercials that yeah. we to start doing. Uh-huh. We're going to be doing all kinds of things. Isn't this great? Right. I just want to just see what it's like. So, yeah. just help us do some real make-believe celebrity stuff. That'll make me feel like I'm actually being somebody yeah everybody i've always wanted to do like a commercial or a poster or something like that oh yeah that'd be so awesome right so like help us out help uh, tell your friends tell other people to follow us pass it out to other people so we could do, start doing commercials and i yeah. could become like flow 
Oh my gosh. And while we're talking about that, I want to say thank you so much for the Bahamas. Oh my gosh. They're showing out. Oh we, yes. Bahama Mama. Yes. Trash Panda's a Bahamas. So we're number four in true crime podcasts in Bahamas and we're number 26 overall. I feel like that's one sexy place to be on some high numbers. Oh my gosh. Like I feel like at the quality in my mind just went up in our show. Like the show now is with diamond glitter. Yeah, no. Because that's some sexy people to be like, we like your show. Be like, hell yes, we do. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Mm. And you can like me some more. Right. Buddha and I, we are going to go to the Bahamas, aren't we? We're going to have a good like, time. I'll take a job down there. I've been already trying to figure out how to explain it to my family. Yeah. <laughs> i <I'm trying> to <laughs> leave that. Like, hey, uh, I got to go. Think of it like I'm in the military. Yeah. But I'm in the Bahamas. Absolutely. <laughs> Aruba, Jamaica. Ooh, I want to take you, but I can't. They're paying only me. <laughs> I forgot about that song. Love that song. <laughs> but also follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram is doing so good. So follow us, Hot Garbage Show. Also join the discussion group. It is um, Hot Garbage True Crime Edition. Follow my TikTok. I keep saying I'm about to start Monday. I'm going to start posting on TikTok more. And it's Author Nisha. And I'm going to have a special treat coming up for you guys in the next couple of weeks. I think on one of these shows, I'm about to read some snippets from my books. So you guys will get some of that. Isn't that oh, great? Oh, wow. Girl. Yeah. So, I don't know if the world is ready for that. <laughs> I think I'm going to start doing that. Like, Just, you're going to have to have some children walk out of this building and turn off the radio. Well, I don't know kids are listening to Hot Garbage anyway. Uh, I, the woman said that her and her daughter listen to it. Yeah, but her daughter's 18, though, so she can hear it. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if you need to bring that stuff here. Oh, that stuff, my hard work. Your hard work is beautiful. Thank you. Yes, but what I'm saying is that type of hard work. We talk about murderers. They can hear my hard work. Oh, girl. The uh, murderers don't be doing the stuff that, that you be doing it in books. So. <laughs> <laughs> they don't be doing that. Yeah, I don't read a couple. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, take care. Watch your back out there.